Bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between, this is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. It's another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we are breaking down everything in District 1 week in, week out. Uh, The North Idaho PrepCast is now brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. Uh, Ryan Skaggs is out again this week, so we brought back on that's right, at QB Coach Shaver on Twitter. This is Craig Shaver, uh, quarterback coach extraordinaire up there in uh, northern Idaho and Washington as well. Craig, thanks for coming back on. We really appreciate it. I'm always excited to be back. I, I love doing this. Yeah, and and I love having you as a resource because even this late in the year, we're still getting some of those Idaho versus Washington matchups. So. Yeah. Your expertise uh, really comes in handy. I, I decided to give you a week off last week, Craig, because you'd been doing a bunch of these in a row. And so we had on Stetson Spooner, the yes. head football coach and athletic director at Mullen High School. I thought it went really well. There was a lot of good stuff we talked about last week. No, I I, I enjoyed it. Um, I know Stetson a little bit, um, but I, I thought my favorite part was he he tried to give all the credit to the other head coach. He, he said it's, it's all the other guy. So I love that about him. He's he won't take all the credit, especially after a huge win like that. I know he's passing he's passing that right along to the next guy, too. Yeah, he did. He, he gave all the credit to Jesse Allen, the coach in St. Regis, Montana, for sure. So, um, yeah, that was interesting to talk to him. And then Mullen went out and had got a huge, huge win over Clark Fork in their conference opener, 68 to 8, leaving little doubt as to who the best team in, in District 1 in the 182 ranks is this year. They just look so good, Craig. Yeah, they've got they've got beasts all over the place. QB running back. I mean, even Stetson even talks about their their linemen. I mean, as being their leaders. So when you've got guys all over all over the roster that can step up at any time and just make huge plays, I mean, they they got they got a big game under their belts there. That looked really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other big matchup at the 1A level last week was uh, at the 1A D1 level where Lakeside and Wallace are in this two-team district and they play each other twice uh, as conference games. Uh, it was the first matchup and it didn't disappoint. Lakeside won a wild back-and-forth game over Wallace, 56-52. to I can't wait for the rematch, Craig. It's going to be really good. Those will those will be really interesting, especially like you said, they play twice a year. You know, you know, Wallace is going to want to want to come back and give Lakeside a taste of their own medicine. That four point loss when you got that big of a score that's that's fun. That's always fun. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so the big news uh, that we want to talk about as as regards to one a football in North Idaho. Uh, earlier this week, the IHSAA held their annual September meeting where they hear all of the petition. Uh, cases for schools that either want to move up or move down a level or stay at the current level that they're at. And what ended up happening, uh, the IHSAA ruled in favor of Wallace and Lakeside, both moving down to the 1A D1 ranks for football only. So, or to the 1A D2 ranks for football only. So now what's going to happen next year, Craig, is there's going to be no teams from District 1 at the 1A D1 level. And instead, you've got this five team conference now at the 1A D2 level with Clark Fork, Mullen, and Kootenai, which are already down there, and then Lakeside and Wallace joining. I kind of like this, a five-team league, and and really D1, D2, there's some subtle differences, but those five schools will all be competitive with each other. Yeah, that'll that'll give a lot more of them some competition all the way around, some more looks instead of playing each other twice each. You know, you can get you can get some four conference games instead of just having, you know, like Wallace and Lakeside having just one conference game. There's there's a few conferences in Washington actually like that, especially like the 2B level. As you get lower, the east side of the state, I mean, their conferences are just loaded. Then you get to the west side and there's teams spread out here and there. You might have a team come up, but 
it's the competition level to push those teams around you to stay in conference. I, I really like that. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great fit, and that will be starting next year. The other big news item as it pertains to North Idaho from that IHSA meeting involved golf. Craig, do you golf much? No, I do not. I used to live across the street uh, in Liberty Lake up here. Uh, I used to live across the street from the driving range, so my, my roommate and I used to get out there and hit balls quite a bit, but not something that I, I've done. But as I grow older, I, I know that'll be something that comes into comes into the back pocket. I'll, I'll have uh, I'll have some clubs here in the garage pretty soon, I'm guessing. Yeah. So so the big news with golf was that for class five A and four A, golf is going to move to the fall starting next year. Uh, typically, it's held in the spring, and I know kind of a mixed reaction from from the coaches and, and athletic directors up north. Um, I guess maybe weather-wise this time of year in North Idaho, it's tough to maybe go outside. The, the ground starts to frost, right? I mean, it's either that, and then I know in the springtime, they've still got snow on a lot of the courses. So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking they're trying to you know keep the snow out of play because I know it, it'll, push, it'll push the league back. But, I mean, a lot of the fall coaches, they, they might lose a couple guys here and there, um, girls as well. But we'll, we'll see. That'll be interesting. The weather, the weather will be a factor. That'll be interesting. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of guys that golf in the spring uh, play football also. You know, I know there's some guys yes. at St. Mary's that do that. So that'll be uh, interesting to see what sport they ultimately choose there. Speaking of St. Mary's, as we're working our way up the football ranks here, we talked about the 1As. Uh, at the 2A level, not much to report because St. Mary's has illness running through their school. They yeah. are doing distance learning or remote learning right now. All activities have been canceled until October 11th. It's just kind of a bummer. They went through the same thing last year and I, you know, I'd hate to see it again. Yeah, that's, that's too bad. COVID has been hitting, hitting teams pretty hard here and there throughout the area. And it's, I mean, to put a team out like that, that's especially for those seniors, you feel for those seniors again. Yeah. And it's, yeah, we're seeing it all over the state too. It's, uh, you know, some of it's COVID certainly some of it, I think it's just your regular routine, you know, coldness or or flu at the start of the school year. And the problem is it's not just the students, but the teachers as well. And there's not enough substitute teachers or staff to, to occupy those positions when people are out sick. So it's just kind of a tough deal all the way around. All right, let's move up to the three A level. Let's start with the big matchup. It was Kellogg coming in at four and O playing Grangeville, the favorite from the 2A Central Idaho League, and Kellogg wins 33-21. to 21. What, what did you see from that game? So I I liked I liked I liked Grangeville. I did. They looked they looked really good the first three quarters or so. Um, I thought they I thought they stuck with Kellogg. Um, they had they had some stuff where they held Ripley to some plays where you know he didn't he didn't look at his best. He he struggled at times so I thought it was good and then finally Late in the third, fourth quarter, I mean, they just they kicked in and they just kind of took over. I, I don't remember what I believe the score was 21 7, 21 13 at one point. Um, Grangeville and then Kellogg just kind of took off from there. Yeah, and, and Kellogg continues to impress. I mean, they're four and oh and uh playing really, really well. Uh, they're ranked in the, the media poll and I believe the coaches poll as well. So for Kellogg, it's really nice to see them continuing their winning ways. Uh, the other team that has really been turning some heads this year in the Intermountain League has been Bonners Ferry. You know, the Badgers uh, came into their matchup with Riverside High from Washington with a three and one record. They lose a tight game, 18 to 12. What what kind of team is Riverside for, for a school like Bonners Ferry? I, I honestly think um... – I do my own sort of rankings within the Northwest football, but I think Riverside is one of the most underrated teams, let alone in the area in the state of Washington. 
they've got they had some dudes last year that they lost, but they had some guys step right in. Uh, their quarterback uh, Silas Ng is perennial All State cute. Um, they've got a stud corner running back, a um, couple of their receivers, and then the biggest part: if you've got the dudes up front, and they've got the dudes up front, they've got two or three guys that will go both ways, and they get off the ball, and they they will take your O line or D line and put them straight into your backfield. So it's it's nice to see a team that's really physical. I'm actually headed to see them uh, tomorrow night. I'll be at Freeman High School to watch them play Riverside. They're both undefeated, so that'll be a great game in the 1A over here. But I thought Bonner's Ferry looked looked pretty good. Um, they had they had some stuff. Uh, they had a fumble um, happen where I thought it took a lot lot out of them. Um, but I mean, Riverside could have put up even more. They had a personal foul penalty that brought them back off of a fifteen yard, fifty yard touchdown pass. Um, Bonner's Ferry they stuck in it. They've got they've got a couple of decent athletes. Um, that if they can get the ball to them and then they've got a kid at, I don't know, linebacker safety. So he's number five. I didn't have time to look up his name, but he's a stud. I like that kid. So Bonner's has got, got some dudes around, but Riverside was great competition for them to play a team. That's, you know, they're going to compete in state playoffs in Washington. So that was a good competition for Bonner's Ferry. Yeah. So I guess that's pretty exciting for, for the Badgers to know that they only lost by a score against the Riverside team that you think is uh, pretty talented, Craig. That says a yeah. lot. Uh, says a lot for sure. Timberlake had the week off, but the other 3A team that was playing was Priest River. They were playing Manson High School from Washington. They lost 14 to nothing. Do you know anything about Manson High? I do not. I do okay. not. I, I saw the score. I, I There is a kid from Priest River. Um, Mikhail, I, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. But he plays defensive end. I know he's number eighty nine. Um, the kid is just a, a beast. He's wild on the field. Um, so Priest River's got they've got a couple dudes. Um, I watched him play over the last couple weeks. So I'm, I'm excited to keep see them. Hopefully, start getting some some stuff rolling. But the offense has got to start rolling as well. But no, I do not know anything about Manson. Okay, so Manson is a two B school. So to, can I explain how Washington classifies its teams and how that would compare to Idaho's five A, four A, three A, etc. So it's it's basically one up a level. So if, if you got your five A Idaho, you're going down to four A Washington. So I believe with the two B, um, they kind of separate it into I, they're they're kind of even right there with let's just say um, they play against Liberty Chihuahua, um Northwest Christian out of the the Spokane area. So it's kind of those in between schools, those ones that are right below that are almost eight man. Um, they will play some crossover games that actually will be uh, those teams will come up and play some 11 man or the 11 man teams will play some eight man. So they're right on that verge. Okay. That's interesting. That's good info to know about uh, Washington, how they can have those cross eight man, 11 man matchups. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting to watch. I watched Northwest Christian, I believe it was two years ago play. And it was, it was interesting to see them have to kind of convert and go from 11 to eight. Cause it's a, it's a different game. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Okay, let's talk about the 5A, 4A Inland Empire League, uh, the, the the game of the game of the night in maybe the state, but certainly in North Idaho, with Sandpoint hosting Lewiston. The Bulldogs win a wild game, 42-41 to 41 in overtime, uh, giving Lewiston their first loss of the season. I mean, for Sandpoint now, they're 2-2, two and two, and... They almost beat Coeur d'Alene. They did beat Lewiston. I think Sandpoint just continues to validate our thoughts that they're a pretty solid 4A football team. Yeah, no, and even on top of that, they 
they beat Post Falls to start the season, and Post Falls is starting to get things rolling. We we knew they would start going, but standpoint, like you said, you can't look at their record coming into that game. They're one and two, going against you know an undefeated Lewiston team who's you know a level above them. And Sandpoint shows up, and that's that's a high scoring game uh, for Sandpoint. I, I think that's a high scoring game for them. I'm excited to see them have more of an explosive offense. Uh, Lewiston's always been known to put up some numbers, so. To be able to keep up with them, uh, Chris Hepburn's a stud down there. So to see Garrett Cox be able to to have some to have a good game and those guys be able to have a big win like that, that's that's huge for them. And to think they're only five hundred, that's crazy. Yeah, and I liked the way that Sandpoint battled back. You know, in the second half, they were down thirty-four to twenty-one, and Sandpoint had to rally back. You know, uh, Parker Pettit threw a sixty-nine-yard touchdown pass to the running back Garrett Cox to bring him within a score, and then he scored on a QB sneak to tie the game at thirty-four. And then it gets to overtime, and Lewiston scores and and kicks the um, PAT, and then Sandpoint gets a touchdown pass from Pettit to Max Frank. And I love this. You're the home team. Coach Knowles decides to go for two, and Pettit finds Ari Vandenberg, who's a great basketball player that's really developing into a good wide receiver for this Sandpoint team. And so they get the two point conversion and the win. I just, the, the way that Sandpoint battled back, I was really impressed with. Yeah, no, it was exciting. I, I saw the highlights of it. I didn't get to watch the whole game, but this sideline went crazy. It was, it's so exciting. <laughs> Overtime high school football that I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. Yeah, especially between two teams that are, I mean, Lewiston and Sandpoint, you're those teams are battling to, to go to the playoffs. Those are two teams that deserve it, I think. Oh, for sure. I will, we'll see them both in, in their respective yeah. divisions in the playoffs, yes. no doubt. No doubt. Okay, so you mentioned post falls. I think they've kind of got it figured out, right? They started really slow this year. The offense looked out of sync, but last couple of games they've really been on point and they blow past Lakeland 41 to 14. I, I think post falls has figured it out, Craig. Yeah, and it started off first quarter, they, they were really even. And by looking at the final score, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that. But first quarter was really even. Lakeland stuck right with them. Um, Lakeland had a couple turnovers that I think kind of took the wind out of their sail, if, if you want to put it that way. And then post falls just kept pounding it through the ground, on the ground, on the ground. And then you see Carson Tucker has four touchdowns. I believe he only had like five catches. <laughs> so they didn't have to throw the ball very much. Uh, Jackson Anderson didn't have to do very much with his arm, but he made a few plays with his feet when he got pressure. But Jacob Sullivan carrying the load. I mean, he had a great game. Uh, post falls, like I said, they they're clicking. So it'll be that'll be interesting to see coming up how they how they continue to do. But yeah, they've they've scored. I believe they scored over thirty eight points now their last three games. So they've they've got that offense rolling. You know, after a slow start, so that's good to see. Yes, um, they put up thirty eight in the loss to Mount Sai. They lost by one point last yeah. week, which was just a nuts game, right? And then. Yeah. Uh, 42 points against Moses Lake the week prior to that. So yeah, right. they've definitely figured it out. I I did the the I broadcasted the game uh, when they went to Rigby way back in week two, and you yeah. could tell even then that Post Falls really wanted to run the football. You know, Coach Bennett, I think at the end of the day, wants to be able to run the football, and so even though they weren't getting much success, he was continuing to stick with it. And now we're starting to see that running game pay dividends. So yeah, and I I think it I think it fits Jackson Anderson a little more. He he does a good job throwing the ball around, but I think I think running up front, I mean, they've got, I believe, probably the best center in the area, number 70, uh, Austin Porter, I, th- I believe his name is. I don't have his name in front of me right now. Um, I know he's number 70. Uh, 
he's he's a dude to me. He'll play at the next level. So once you get that front figured out, you've got those guys up front, like I said. I believe their run game is pretty solid. So Yeah, no doubt. Lake City gets a nice win over Moscow, a five A over a four A, twenty six to twelve. Lake City's now two and two. Uh it sounds like they have made a bit of a quarterback change. Josiah yeah. Weaver started the year at quarterback. Of course, he's an all state safety. Uh they moved him back to safety and he ended up with two picks. So I guess the move worked for Coach Fulp at Lake yeah. City. Yeah, I know there was a I don't know if you want to say a QB controversy or a a battle, battle. battle going into the mm-hmm. season, but they weren't quite sure who the guy was going to be. Um, and I know Josiah had his opportunity. He, he made, he made some plays, um, but he, he's a little more athletic, but the other kid can throw the ball a little bit. They're able to spread the ball around. Um, they're both good looking kids, but I was, I was happy to see Josiah get to play some defense again and get two picks. That was, that was really cool. Cause I know he had, two picks against us when I coached at Lakeland last year and I was like, ah, wasn't happy with that one. So I was happy to see him do it again against somebody else. So congrats on that, Josiah, but he knows yeah. I'd love to be, see him playing QB. For sure. And there, and there may be a chance for him to get back into that QB oh, yes. spot later in the season. It's not set in stone. Certainly. No. The the last game uh, was a Saturday game, actually. Coeur d'Alene, you know, the, Vi- the Vikings, uh, I don't think have played an Idaho opponent yet besides Sandpoint. Um, they yeah. traveled to Washington, and they kind of did one of these meet-in-the-middle type games where Skyview's coming from way over in the western part of the state. Uh, they met up at Eastern Washington University, got to play on the red turf in Cheney at Roos Field, which was pretty cool, and Coeur d'Alene gets a nice win, 27-17. to uh, Do you know anything about Skyview High from Washington? They play in a really – I don't know how their team is this year, but I know they were undefeated coming into it. They were 3-0. Um, they play in a really tough league down there. Um, in the Vancouver area, so that's they've got a really good competition. But Coeur d'Alene went off. <laughs> that was that was exciting. I, I did watch the highlights of that one. Uh, Isaiah Griffin and Gunnar Julio, those two combined. I mean, pick pick your poison. Feed one of them and let them go. They're explosive. And Isaiah does it from all three offense, and it can be any week. So it's it's awesome to see them rolling. They'll be at home this week, which will be an exciting one. Um, yeah, that's a that's another story right there. <laughs> yes, uh, that'll be a lot of fun to watch them. And, and Coeur d'Alene's now three and one. You know, their one loss came to Lehigh, which is a six six A program from Utah. That was way back in the first game of the year, and Lehigh had already played two games. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I think Coeur d'Alene, You know, if it's if it's an even battle with Lehigh and they're both starting out, I think Coeur d'Alene probably wins that game. And <laughs> Vikings could easily be four now, but the green one looking good. I so little little insider information. I I know some kids pretty well on the Coeur d'Alene team. Uh, I'm not going to give out any names to some, the, to the inside information, but Lehigh had some studs. I'm not saying that Coeur d'Alene was going out there scared, but I would say they they were their eyes were wide. They were playing wide eyed because Lehigh had some dudes, and they just felt you know this is kind of next level almost this is this is 6a <laughs> almost yes. to say so i was it, that's good for him that, and that's the reason that coach amos schedules those types of games to, to prepare you for the season that's why these these smart ad's and head coaches look to push their team early in the season i mean look what post falls has done look what uh look what quarter done and see how they're cooking now yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's get into the uh, schedule that's coming up this week. Before we do that, though, let's take a quick break. You're uh, listening slash watching the North Idaho PrepCast brought to you by the Idaho uh, 
D- Division of Public Health. And we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. Okay, we're back here on the uh, North Idaho PrepCast, idahosports.com. Brandon Bainey with Craig Shaver talking about all the uh, the football action going on in North Idaho this week. Let's look ahead to the schedule. Uh, let's start at the 5A and work our way down. We just we just finished talking about Coeur d'Alene playing a really tough Washington team. This week they'll welcome in the Ferris Saxons. That's one of my favorite team names, the Ferris Saxons <laughs> from Spokane. What do you know about Ferris High? I... I'm very familiar with Ferris High. I've I've played I played against them through high school. Coached against them uh, for several years. I know a lot of their kids on the team this year. I actually went out. I watched them last Thursday night. They played a, a really tough Lewis and Clark team. Ferris has been down the last couple weeks. Um, they've had some injuries. Um, they've had some different situations where they've had to use three different kids at four different kids at quarterback, I believe. So hopefully this this week they'll be a little bit cleaner. Um, hopefully they'll have their quarterback Paxton Page back. Um, who I believe is one of the better QBs in the area, um, taller, six foot three pocket passer, but he can also take off and use his legs. Um, one of the best, re- two of the best receivers I would say in the area, uh, G Day and Anthony. I, I just, they've got a brand new head coach. Um, they're trying to get things rolling. Um, they just lost their running back slash middle linebacker. I believe he broke his wrist, forearm, some in his hand, maybe, trying to get that clubbed up to see how he does. Um, but Ferris has always been a, t- a tough team. They won state title um, quite a few years back. Uh, they're they're always a solid team, but I think they've had a, a switch up in the program, like I said, with the new head coach trying to get his scheme, his his build, his type of program, his you know what he wants to do with the squad, and we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it gets clicking. Um, that's a tough one. Cordelaine's a really tough team to face right now, especially Cordelaine's at home. Yeah, we haven't been able to say that this year. <laughs> Cordelaine's <laughs> at home, so uh, good luck to all my boys at Ferris. I would love to see a great, a great game. Um, but all my guys at Cordelaine, I know uh, they're excited for this one. They're excited to be home, uh, play a team from Spokane. Uh, that's always a big thing when a team from across the state line faces off, especially big teams like this. So, um, hopefully, Ferris will put up a good fight. I hope it'll be a game. Yeah, you mentioned it. Coeur d'Alene has not played a home game yet. This will yeah. be the first home game of the season for the Vikings. Three of their last four are at home to close out the season, which is pretty nice. So, and they're they're already tough enough. They don't need any more help. So, yeah, yeah. Let's look to any of those teams, and I, good luck to all of those teams going into going into Coeur d'Alene. I know I'll be at, I'll be at, at least one of those games. So, yeah, that'll be a that'll be a madhouse going into the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's talk about Post Falls. They are uh, hitting the road as well. They've been on the road a lot this year, too. They're going to Pasco in the Tri-Cities to take on Pasco High, another Washington opponent. Uh, what do you know about Pasco? So Pasco has always been kind of an up and down, especially the last few years. They've been up and down. Uh, they've, they've got kids coming through. They, Tri-Cities area has actually expanded quite a bit. Um, especially with a couple of the high schools that they've put in down in that area. So I know the kids have spread out a little bit um, and it's taken from Pasco. Uh, another long road trip for post falls though. Um, so that'll kind of even it out a little bit. I think Pasco's one in three, I believe I didn't write down the record. I believe they're one in three, um, but another road trip. That's like, like we've said, these, these teams are having to travel. So post falls going all the way down to Pasco. Um, 
they had to go to Central, and I, that's a lot of traveling. <laughs> yes, post, and then they went to Rigby also. I mean, that's yeah, yeah they're definitely uh, piling up the miles at Post Falls High. And not, a nice opportunity for the Trojans to get back to 500. They come in with a two and three record. Lake City, they are playing uh, an in-state opponent, but it's a hard one. They're they're going to Sandpoint to play the Bulldogs. I mean, the Bulldogs have played now. They'll they'll have played all four teams from the 5A. IEL and a win for Sandpoint would give them a three and one record in the league. Yeah, and that's that's a statement right there. I mean, their only loss obviously coming to Coeur d'Alene, but that's that's a solid that's a solid schedule to begin with. Um, Lake City, I mean, they're coming off. I thought Moscow Moscow's looked good, um, but Lake City Lake City coming off that big win against Moscow that gives them a little bit of a little bit of confidence going into. I know they need. They need a big win over Sandpoint. That'd be an upset in a lot of people's eyes. I know a lot of the Lake City kids are excited for this one. Um, so we'll see. We'll see about that one. Yeah, and, and Sandpoint, of course, had to use up so much energy and an effort to, to get past Lewiston last week. We'll see if they can refill the tank and, and go at it again against Lake City. That'll be a fantastic matchup. Yeah. Lake Lake Lund is also playing. They are playing a, a 3A opponent this week, but it's not a cakewalk as they will host Timberlake. So Timberlake comes in 3-1. and one. Their only loss was to South Fremont way back in the season opener. That's a good 3A program in Eastern yeah. Idaho. Uh, Lakeland is three and three, and they've they've kind of been a little uneven this year. What? How do you view this matchup with Timberlake? It, this is going to be another tough one. I think this will be tough. Um, Lakeland's got to clean some stuff up offensively. I know they, they got to be able to move the ball around a little bit more. Um, being able to run the ball with John Cornish has been great, but they've got to be able to do something else. Uh, Devin Suko's got to be able to to relax. And focus and he had a nice ball last week um to alden waddington a good fade ball but outside of that they did they weren't able to do too much in the passing game uh they've got to clean it up because up front timberlake's tough timberlake's gonna be really tough um if lakeland can clean it up and they can get some stuff going in the passing game i believe that that's where timberlake's weak point is but also you turn around and flip it on the other side lakeland's weak point is their run defense and timberlake's really good at running the ball so We'll see how that goes. If if Lakeland can get those things clicking in the passing game, we might have ourselves a good game. But I think Timberlake's going to be tough for them. Yeah, it could be a, could be a perfect storm for for the Timberlake Tigers to uh, go to four and one potentially against the Lakeland team that's still kind of figuring it out and, and working their way through things. Uh, the three A level, uh, you've got Kellogg traveling to Frenchtown. Now this is where I can step in and give some expertise because I'm from Montana, Craig. So I know. I know all about Frenchtown. In fact, they were in the same conference as the high school I went to. So, all right. so Frenchtown would be like a 4A school in okay. Idaho. So Kellogg's kind of punching up this week. And Frenchtown is one of the bigger Class A schools in Montana. So this would be like almost like Kellogg playing like a, like, like a sandpoint, basically, in terms of school size. So it's going to be a tough matchup for Kellogg. Frenchtown has good athletes. They always have good, strong linemen in the trenches. So I think this is actually going to be a really good test of Kellogg's speed versus Frenchtown's size. This will be a good matchup for, for Kellogg as they head into Montana for a non-conference slate. I honestly thought of taking the road trip to French <laughs> over there, to go over there. I've drove through there, headed to Missoula um, quite a few times, obviously, but I don't know anything about the team. Um, like I said, if they're if they've got the tough, the big guys up front, they're able to get after them. Kellogg's going to need to play a full game. Like I said, they 
they struggled. Well, I shouldn't even say struggled. I thought they played down. They didn't play up to their potential last week for the first three quarters or so. So that would be a good matchup for them. See if they can get things rolling. Because like I said, Kellogg's Kellogg's one of my favorite teams in the area. Um, got to see them. Got to see them do a couple different things other than you know just let Ripley sling it to his brother. Got to got to build a few other things off it. So that might be a good test for them. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see. I might have to peek in on the on the live stream here and there. Yeah, so Frenchtown is uh, two and three, but uh, two of those three losses came by a single score. One to Whitefish, which is always really good, and the other one to to Dillon, Beaverhead County, and they're a perennial power as well. Uh, the big measuring stick, they played Hamilton earlier this year. Hamilton is the, the state favorite in Montana for Class A football, and they lost 44-20. to 20. So that's really been their only blemish on the resume so far. So, yeah, that'll be a good, that'll be a good matchup for Kellogg. That'll be... I'll be very curious to see how they perform in that contest. You also have Priest River hosting Orofino, a, a two-way program that got its first win of the, the season last week. For Priest River, as we're starting to get towards conference play, I think it's going to be hard for them to to pick up a win in the league only because Timberlake, Kellogg, and Bonners Ferry are all playing so well. This might be their last chance to maybe get a win uh, in the non-conference portion of the year. Yeah, and ho- like I said, I, hopefully, hopefully they can get some stuff rolling on offense. They've uh, they've had some some moments where they've shown some spark, but they've they've got to they've got to enjoy this one and hopefully play a solid one because, like you said, the once they get into league play, those three teams, those are three solid teams right there, and we'll see, we'll see. It's a, it's a gauntlet for sure. Yeah. Uh, at, and then at the one a level, you've got Lakeside hosting Kendrick. Uh, Kendrick probably should be favored in that matchup, even though they're a D one, a D two school and Lakeside is one, a D one Kendrick is three and one and kind of a dark horse to maybe win state this year at the one, a D two level. So that'll be a good matchup. You've got Mullen St. Regis uh, diving into conference play again. They will take on Kootenai. Kootenai's 0-3, but the fact that they had enough kids to have a team because it's been a while since they've been able to play a full season. So it's exciting to see Kootenai having a program in place. And they've got a a first-year head coach, Jake Pfeiffer, and they're still kind of developing things. So Mullen St. Regis should have a nice time there. And then uh, the big game that I'm watching at the 1A level is Wallace at Clark Fork. Both of these teams lost last week in conference games. Wallace in a heartbreaker. Clark Fork in a runaway. How do these teams respond after uh, coming off losses? That'll be that'll be interesting, obviously, because like you said, coming off of a, a blowout by sixty points as Clark Fork, and then coming off of a tough loss by four. I mean, as Wallace, those yeah. two teams are both going to have a different mentality coming into this game. So it'll be it'll it'll be interesting to see how uh, Clark Fork can hopefully get a spark going and see if Wallace can can keep it up and maybe pull one out this time. Yeah, and and this will be a conference game next year, right? They'll both be yeah. in the same league, so could be setting the tone for next year's matchup That's, as well. I was going to say, maybe a little rivalry coming through. Yeah, <laughs> always, no always like to see some competition, especially going into the next year. Yeah, maybe it's it's gonna, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, Craig, what uh, what games are you going to be keeping your eye on this weekend? Are you, are you going to any games in person? So I'll be in Washington again this week um, just because it's they're actually going to mandate everybody in live games to be um, mask or – uh, vaccinated and everything like that. So I don't know how the rules and stuff are going to work um, going into Washington for the rest of the season. So I want to be able to pick up a couple more games over there before I, I'm able to jump back over to Idaho and snag the rest of the season going into the playoffs. Uh, this week, like I'll be at Riverside Freeman. So in Freeman, just south of Spokane, uh, two undefeated teams 
Um, not many games. I don't believe there's any games tonight, actually, which is weird for a Thursday. Um, but obviously, like I said, I'll be keeping an eye on that Kellogg game. Um, and then a few others from around the area, obviously Lakeland and Timberlake. That's, it's kind of a rivalry. Um, they're in the same school district. So those, those two teams are a rivalry up here. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to to come back next week and recap all the action uh, because there's so many fascinating matchups on paper, and I'm sure they'll live up to the billing out on the field as well. So, uh, Craig Shaver at QB Coach Shaver on Twitter and uh, my Twitter handle at Brandon underscore Bainey. Thanks for uh, Craig. Thanks for hopping on again and and uh, helping us fill the gaps here on the North Idaho Prepcast. I, I really like uh, tapping into your knowledge of Idaho and Washington. I I just really enjoyed chatting with and talking about football and doing whatever I can to, you know, whatever it's, you can call it exposure or help the kids get, get whatever they can. Um, I know for the most part, a lot of these kids just dream of playing at the next level. So whatever they can do to have their name out there or be seen, have somebody help them get seen. Um, I, I just love being able to talk football and help the kids. So yeah. thanks for having me on. I always, I always love being able to come on and do this. Got to be able to set the baby down for a nap and jump on here. It's always fun. Yeah, you're you're a busy guy most days. So get getting you pinned down for a half an hour is an adventure sometimes. We we appreciate you taking some time to to talk with us. So uh that'll do it for this edition of the North Idaho Prepcast for Craig Shaver. I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for watching or listening here on IdahoSports.com.